0: a message to share about judgments expectancies and inner vows this is uh, continuing our series on uh, freedom restored Um, we have a ministry here at the church called healing and restoration ministry it is not counseling but it's kind of like that it helps people deal with their heart issues we partner with people in prayer and finding freedom letting god speak truth to our hearts and not just our minds so if you're, if you're curious you want to know more about what that ministry is all about, catch us after church. But um, like I said, today we're talking about judgments, expectancies, and inner vows. So, um, you know, the the goal of all healing and restoration ministry and this sermon series is freedom. You know, God does not come to you with a pointing finger trying to point out what's wrong with you, but He comes to you with love to say... I have freedom for you, and here's how you can get it, is what this series is about. We can learn principles, concepts, and tools that we can use to work with God, to let Him into our hearts, to give us freedom, to unlock the doors to our freedom. Hopefully that makes sense. Like I said, if it doesn't make total sense, grab me after and we can talk some more. Um, so we're going to dive in and maybe move a little bit quickly um, today. Today. Um, I'm going to start. Yeah, we're going to pass out a handout. This has some of the definitions of uh, the topics that we're talking about. It's got some of the verses we're going to talk through. And there's even a, uh, a sample way to pray through a judgment on the back of the sheet that you're getting right now. So, what is a judgment? Uh oh. Hello. Oh, it's back. When we talk about a judgment, what are we talking about? Um, here's our definition of it. A judgment is a condemning opinion of someone. It can be a sinful reaction to hurts or difficult situations from our past. It can be tied to an inability to forgive. But that key is that it can be a, it's a condemning opinion of someone. Similarly, an expectancy is a habitual way of looking at things or people It can become like a self-fulfilling prophecy where we unconsciously cause people to fulfill our notion of how life will go. That may be a mouthful. I'm going to give you an example in a second, so hang tight. And then inner vows are kind of related as well. These are like strong determinations made by the mind and heart in response to pain. It locks us into a single way to respond to life and leaves no room for God-given direction. sounds like always and never type of statements is what an inner vow is. So let's... I've got one example that we can use to say, what is a judgment? What is an expectancy? What is an interval, And hopefully that will help. So here's my example. I'm calling my friend Joe Shortchanger in this example. Okay? So say you have a friend, Joe. You love to go out to lunch with Joe and hang out. Not this Joe. Sorry. It's with an E in this case. All right. It's not you. <laughs> uh, it worked better in first service when you weren't there. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> um you and Joe Schmo go out to lunch frequently. You go to a place that only takes cash. Joe tends to forget to bring cash sometimes because he likes to use his credit card that he gets points with. All right? So you loan him money frequently to cover lunch. No big deal. Your friends. Friends do that. But when he pays you back, he always seems to round in his favor a little bit. No big deal the first time. No big deal the second time. After a while, it starts to stick in your craw just a little bit. How come he's always shortchanging me, right? So now you've had lunches for years. This has happened for years. And it's a perfect way for us to illustrate what a judgment might look like and expectancy in an interval. All right, so I have Joe, the shortchanger in my life. If I made a judgment about Joe, it would be a condemning opinion, right? So it might sound like this. Joe Schmo is so stingy. It's just how he is. Right? That is a condemning opinion. I'm, call- I'm calling, you may say, I'm just calling a spade a spade. But it's a condemning opinion. Joe Schmo is stingy. Almost a sentencing I put on him, right? And... um <clears throat> An expectancy would be a little different. Rather than focusing on Joe, and Joe is so blank, it's an expectation in my heart. And it might sound like this. In life, people are going to take advantage of my generosity. Right? That's an expectation. It's a, a way I'm thinking about how life is gonna go. And we'll talk more in detail about how that sets us up to actually receive what we're expecting. Alright? An inner vow is. One of those always or never statements. My response to maybe that expectation or my response to hurt. And in this case, it might be, you know what? This is wrecking my relationship with Joe. I can't even hardly be around him anymore because all I think about is the money that he rightly owes me. Um, So you know what? I'm not going to let this happen again. So I will never loan money again. There's an inner vow. So I'm saying I'm going to always respond to this same situation in the same way. If I have a new friend and we start going to lunch and they ask the barman, and go, sorry, I don't do that. All right, so that's an inner vow. Hopefully that helps. We're going to continue to provide examples all through the talk this morning. But hopefully that helps you understand what a judgment is, what an inner vow is, and an
1: expectancy. Yeah. Lee. So, um, do I need to do a Okay. So the Bible clearly tells us, do not judge. In Matthew 7, 1, it says, do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. With the measure you use, it will be used to you. And so, um, okay, we're not supposed to judge. But it's so easy to judge, right? Like wrongs are done all the time people offend us or we observe an offense and it's so easy to become judgmental and and create that condemning opinion over someone the bible clearly says not to and um so it's just one of these things that it's such second or you know it can just be second nature to just create a condemning opinion and um even in um, John 8, I was thinking about this. There's the town that um, touches the woman in adultery, and, and they bring her to Jesus, and they are ready to judge. They are ready to condemn her. They have the stones raised. Um, they have decided to judge. And And what does Jesus say? He says, let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. And so we learn from this story that it's not our place to judge because we're not without sin. Um, A few years ago... I, um, was in the situation where I was observing a family and, um, I was really starting to judge the way the father was treating the mother and his kids and then the way the mother was responding and, and I was making all these judgments and all these determinations about this is what's going to happen to the kids because of the way they're being treated. And I was judging, 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 and, um, and so I was, like, talking to God about it. I started praying about it, and I felt him say, there is one judge and one lawgiver. And I was like, that's a verse. Okay, James James four eleven and 12 says, Brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against a brother or sister or judges them speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you're not keeping it, but you're sitting in judgment on it. There is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy, but you, who are you to judge your neighbor? And so I was like, wow, I was really sitting in a a judgment seat there in that situation. You know and and it really opened my eyes to he is the only one who can rightfully sit there because he is able to save and destroy he is able to give love and mercy and judgment and justice, and so it's his rightful seat alone and not ours to to judge um, and uh so I just was like okay i'm I'm getting out of that seat. That's your That's place? That's
0: why I moved to this side, because that was the judgment seat. I'm like, I don't want anything to do with that. I'm not
1: going to sit in it. <laughs> and, um, and so then I was like, okay, so so what do you want me to do then, God? If this is your seat, if you've got the, the judgment taken care of, what do you want me to do? And... Um, you know, and so our place, instead of judging, is is to be a friend, to be an encouragement, to speak truth, um, to support, to love. You know, love always hopes, so be hopeful about the change that could happen in that family situation. Um, my place is is not to have a stone raised, to condemn. But to leave that up to God to handle the judgment and to be um to to forgive there was you know wrong done to forgive them for that, and okay, how can I support and be loving and um and so that's our place um, and so. There is, though, a place for discernment, right? Like, we're not supposed to judge. The Bible tells us that in several places. But we are supposed to have good judgment, you know, and and be discerning. So there's a difference there. So we know the judgment that we're not supposed to do is to kind of um, place a condemning opinion over someone, kind of like sentencing them. Um, But discernment looks like, talking to god about this what's going on the situation and what's at play here and and um kind of creating an understanding but but when we're discerning we leave the judgment for the people involved up to god you know so that is the difference between discerning and judging
0: all right back to joe schmo the short changer so judging him looked like joe was so stingy what does discernment look like Here's an example. Joe Schmoe comes up to me and says, Hey Bill, we're going to get rich and here's how. I just need $10,000 to start this business venture. Are you in? Discernment looks like applying wisdom to the situation. You know? I don't have to have a condemning opinion of Joe Schmoe. No way I'm not going in with you stingy guy who shortchanges me. That would be judgment. Instead I can say, You know what Joe... You know, I don't feel like that's right for me and my family. So I'm not gonna join you in the business venture, best of luck. Our relationship's not broken by a judgment, but I've set a loving boundary. No, I'm not gonna do that. I've applied wisdom, I'm using discernment. So there's where you can see the condemning opinion's not created, but wisdom is applied to the situation. Go ahead. Nice. Oh, back to me. Yeah. Very nice. All right, so when we get into judgments and expectancies and inner vows, What really comes out is a principle we see in the Bible that we call the law of sowing and reaping. You could probably say, hey, you will reap what you sow. That's in Galatians 6. It says, do not be deceived, God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. And we'll dig into that. Another similar verse we see in Romans 2 says, You therefore have no excuse, you who pass judgment on someone else. For at whatever point you judge another, you are condemning yourself, because you who pass judgment do the same things. So when it comes to judgments, expectancies, and inner vows, we really end up seeing in practice two ways that we reap what we've sown. The first is we do the very thing that we've judged in someone else. So... We could go with Joe Schmo, alright? If I've judged him, Joe is so stingy. And then all of a sudden, a couple of years down the road, if I'm honest with myself, I realize that when I borrow, I've not been giving back the full amount. You know, I've not been generous with my own money. Holy cow, I'm being stingy too. The very thing I didn't like in Joe Schmo, I'm now doing. What's up with that? I used to be a generous person, but I'm reaping through my own actions what I've sown in judgment over Joe Schmo. The other way that we can reap what we've sown is through someone else. So maybe with Joe Schmo, we set up the expectation, like I said, you know what in life? People are going to take advantage of my generosity. Maybe I didn't make the inner vow, I'll never loan again. But now when I do loan money... It seems like everybody takes a little bit of advantage of it. I'm, I'm reaping what I've sown through other people in my life around me, not Joe anymore, but others. And what we find is that something, there's a spiritual dynamic that gets set up with that expectation. There are, you know, things about the way I act, speak, and, and, and live. It causes the people around me to act out of normal character for them, and I reap that judgment. They, they shortchange me. So let's give another example to that one to help clarify it. Um, there are pastors who wrote one of the books over there called Grace and Forgiveness. It's a great book. Check it out. Um, but in the book, they talk about how um, when the husband and wife ride together in the car and the wife is driving, like, things don't go well. Stuff kind of goes wrong, right? But when she's driving on her own without her husband, there, there seems to be no problems at all. Hmm, they start to figure out that this husband has made a judgment about women drivers, right? You've never heard that in your day-to-day life, right? The guys at the shop never talk about that sort of thing, do they? <laughs> this is a common judgment, right, that men sometimes can have. Oh, women drivers, see somebody on, they see somebody on the road and, and that person does something erratic and... Maybe their mind assumes it's going to be a lady. Is that true? No, it's a judgment. So this guy recognized it. Kudos to him and his wife for gently leading him to see that realization. Right? He breaks agreement with the judgment. He releases it. He forgives maybe a woman driver in his life that maybe he got in a car and said, I don't know, what, what started it. But he releases forgiveness. He breaks agreement with the judgment. He embraces the truth that women are good drivers too. And all of a sudden, his wife is free. To drive well, like she always does anyway, when she's not with him. He was actually reaping a bad driver in his car based on his judgment. He was locking his wife into a a way of behaving based on his own judgment. That is crazy. Mm -hmm. And it's a simple example driving bad, you know, bumping a curb, skimming a curb, or whatever is no big deal. But what if I judge, you know, something else about women that is a big deal? Like, oh man. Women are manipulative. And then all of a sudden I start reaping that in my wife. What a, what a not fun marriage that would be. You know, Marilee's not a manipulative person with her friends. All of a sudden, I could lock her into being that way with me because of my own heart issue. And how much greater would it be to be willing to recognize that, be willing, be humble enough to say, God, I'm sorry, I did do that. I did agree with that bad idea. And change my way and set her free to be herself. And then I get the benefit of living with her free and full and happy and an and unbroken relationship with each other
1: yeah so this is such an equation it kind of makes me laugh when i think about it like judge and you will be judged like it's such you judge you know, you sow, you will reap. It's it's no there's no mystery like maybe I won't. No no you will. Like if you judge, you're gonna be judged. And so I have two funny stories before I get into my serious examples. So um many of you know our good friends Seth and Sarah, your good friends Seth and Sarah. Years ago they told me this story that um when they would drive in the car, you know how you like eat a banana in the car and then you throw the peel out the window? Well when Seth wasn't in the car, Sarah could always get it out the window. No problem. But, but then when she was in the car with Seth, like, she would miss every time. And she's like, what is going on here? And, and they realized that he had judged her that she didn't have, like, good aim for th- for, <laughs> for throwing things. And so, anyway, that just cracked me up. That, that And now she can throw things out the window just fine. But... Um, and another one is um, Ray and Kathy told me this story, which is so funny. Kathy had been telling Ray a while back, like there's this thing judgments, like you reap what you sow, and we're not supposed to judge, like that's just not our place. You know, we're let's not judge and and everything. And and um, they were at the beach like last week or something, and they were walking back up to their car. They they were barefoot and and. Um, and they had sand on their feet and everything, so they're walking on the sidewalk up to the car, and Ray steps on a pine needle, and he's like, "ow, you know and and she's like, "Oh, you tenderfoot," and like judged him for you know having tender feet and so she goes, step, step, stung by a bee, like two steps later, she steps on a bee and gets stung, and so he was like. They both realize, like, oh, you're reaping what you thought. You just judged me. <laughs> sort of laughing. But anyway, so it's, it just happens. It's so real in our lives. So here's a couple other examples to help you kind of see how these can play out. And, and hopefully you can start identifying, like, okay, do I have judgments that I've made against other people because freedom is the point right and we want you guys free we want to be free so that we're not having to reap what we sowed so um feel free to jot some things down if you're realizing oh maybe i I think i judged i made a condemning opinion against so-and-so um okay so here's a judgment example I know someone who judged her mom for being passive and lacking confidence when she was growing up. That bugged her about her mom. And then when she grew up, she was passive and lacked confidence and told me, oh, I judged my mom and now I am reaping that. Um, there's an example there. So, uh, or let's say, let's say someone is abused and And that 's horrible, right? The wrong was legitimately done, but in, but they decided to judge their abuser instead of letting God do that and so and so because of that, they're going to reap what they sowed, the judgment that they sowed, so they could reap it by becoming an abuser themselves or by continuing to be like a perpetual victim, or by even just continuing to have a victim mentality will cause them to continue reaping that judgment. Okay, kind of see how things are playing out here when we judge?
0: That's where I jump in and remind everybody. When Kathy talked about forgiveness a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago, a month ago, um, and like in that situation, forgiving or breaking agreement with a judgment does not say that what was done was okay. Remember this? It's not okay what happened, but even though it was wrong... And not right. I choose to release forgiveness. I choose to let God be the judge of that situation and not sit in judgment myself. You know, you, you, when you're legitimately wronged and you forgive, you're not saying what was done is okay. That's yeah. Important side point.
1: Yeah. Thank you. All right. So let's. So judgment's bad enough, right? You're going to reap what you sow. So we've kind of got this mud, mud pie, mud cake, and we're just going to slather on some achy frosting of expectancies too. To just make it even more gross. So let's say someone um, judged their mom or dad or spouse for not being interested in them. And so they could expect that, okay, in my life, um, all, you know, men or women or in my life, my spouse is not going to really care about me. Okay, okay um and so they they just expect that to happen or let's say um someone was left out by their friend you know that's very sad that's very hurtful to be left out and um maybe when they were younger they got left out or something um and so they decided rather than going to god and saying god my feelings just got really hurt my friend left me out um, I just forgive them, and I just trust you. I know you love me, and so you're gonna provide good friends for me. And I just trust that you're gonna do that. Okay? They could have handled it that way, but instead they decided to judge their friend for leaving them out, and then they just, and then they have an expectation that everyone's gonna leave me out. Um, I'm just going to expect that, and, and, and no one wants to really get to know me. No one wants to be my friend. Well, what happens with expectancies is we... we it, we expect it so much that whatever we're expecting to happen is highlighted to us. So anything that agrees with our expectation jumps out at us. We see, like proven, you know, that your expectation is true, and anything that would disagree with that is like you don't even notice it. And so that's how expectations work. So with this situation, this person judged their friend for leaving them out, and... um and, and the other thing with expectations is you end up putting off such a vibe and such a relationship's not welcome, invisible sign across your forehead that you actually, with your body language, create such an obstacle that if anybody did want to come up to you, it would be like kind of hard to maneuver over this obstacle that you've built for them. And that's what expectancies do and judgments do. And, and so much so where, you know, let's say you're in a group of people and someone is like kind of walking towards you you and then they turn and, and, and go somewhere else and you're like see they don't, they don't want to be my friend, nobody wants to be my friend well they had to go to the bathroom but because you have the expectation to you that's going to say they don't like you do you guys see that? get it? Um, skip ok go ahead
0: alright so I wanted to give you my current real-life example. It's a good one. All right, so I work in an office, and kitty-corner from my office is another person, and this person's job is to coordinate things. So she is on the phone a lot with people from other companies and people from different locations within our company kind of working things out, working together to make projects happen. So she's on the phone a lot. She's near my office and you know how some people can be a low talker. Does anybody remember the old Seinfeld episode with the low talker? And then Jerry ends up wearing the puffy shirt on TV because he can't hear them asking him. Okay. Some people are loud talkers, and this coworker of mine is a loud talker. She can boom. All right. So I know everything about like her daughter not making it into the sorority when she just went away to school. I know about all the projects she's working on because I can hear it all. All right, And it's kind of like, uh, no big deal, it doesn't really bother me because I'm coming and going, I'm, I'm busy and it, does, it just doesn't bother me. Plus, I kind of learn more about what's going on, new projects at the company and things like that by just listening. <laughs> All right. So she's a booming talker, she's a loud person, but she's maybe the most sensitive to noise of anyone in the office. So, if I were to say, sit down, hit the speakerphone and type in my code to my voicemail to listen to my voicemail, um, it's going to bother her. If I want to go hands-free on the speaker phone so that I can be working at my computer, taking notes or whatever during a conference call, it's going to bother her. And recently, um, I have a lot of people who stop by the office to, my office to see me, and if the door is closed all the way, it's a sign that he's not in today. So I closed the door, except for this much of a crack... And then I started a conference call on the speakerphone because, you know, I knew she was sensitive to sound and everything. And so I'm, I'm talking, I'm typing away, we're, I'm working, and partway through this meeting, kaboom, the door slams closed. <laughs> and I'm like, I know who did that. <laughs> uh, it's funny. And it's funny how when this goes on and it just sticks in your cry, you're like, oh my gosh, you know. I cannot believe the loud talker is annoyed with me. And it was only this much of a crack in the door, you know? And so I think of all these snarky remarks that I could make. And luckily I flush them down the toilet. (laughs) No thank you. You know, I think of all these, like, witty emails I could write about how she was noisy or whatever. And, like, you know, it really ends up being (laughs) passive-aggressiveness. And, like, these little ways to, like, poke and prod back at her. And, um... (coughs) And I tell you the example to say there are ample opportunities in all of our lives to, to make a judgment. You yes. know, this lady is, oh my, she's unbelievable. You know, she's, you know, she doesn't even understand. She's totally unfair. It's a one way street. You know, I could make all these different kinds of judgments about her. And so in my current life, I'm finding ways to stay free of judgment. I have opportunities glory. I don't have problems. I have opportunities to live free of judgment. And so when I get it wrong, here's what I've been doing. Oh God, I've just been dwelling for five minutes on you know some witty comment, some comeback. Or I've just been complaining to myself in my mind or maybe sometimes somebody else about how she is. I'm sorry God <laughs> for agreeing with that judgment. I release her. I forgive her. And I, I leave that to you. Yeah, and then there are other times when I'm getting it a little more right, and that judgment is kind of whispered in my ear, and I go, you know what? No way. I'm not going to let that spoil five minutes of my day. I'm going to live God's way, free of judgment, and, and free of dealing with it. And you know, if I can live free of judgment with her, who knows what good things, what good benefits could come out of an unbroken relationship? You know, maybe I'm going to need to work on a project with this person at some point in the future, and I don't know it yet. You know, if I'm If I do something rude back to her, I'll feel good for this long. But then that project will be just a nightmare, won't it? (laughs) So, I just wanted to remind us, in Revelation it talks about how um, Satan is the accuser of the brethren. He accuses them before God day and night. And it's talking about in the end when he's hurled down. But I think also we have an enemy who sits on our shoulder and accuses others in our ear. And we have that opportunity to say no. You know, the quote that I shared when we talked about ungodly beliefs, which is not mine, but it's amazing, is the enemy is not a friend that we should hear him out. You know, so we can say, you know what, no way. (laughs) I'm not going to agree with that thing that just popped in my head. You know, that's not mine. That's not from god that 's from somewhere else, and I reject that idea that Josh Moore is so stingy i 'm going to keep having a relationship with him i 'm going to choose to believe the truth to be a, like Mary said to be a friend and an encourager instead of sitting in judgment Sound good awesome yeah
1: yeah, so I guess in closing let 's just um, let 's just uh, pray, <laughs> God, thank you so much for um, just opening our eyes to this topic, and thank you that you want freedom for us, that you don't want us to be bound to having to reap what we sowed. And um, and so, God, we just, we just repent as a body for any way we've judged. Um, yeah, so if that's resonating with you, why don't you just repeat after me, and let's just ask God to um, forgive us for the times we've decided to sit here in this judgment seat instead of letting him sit there. Does that sound good? Yes. All right. So, heavenly Father,
0: heavenly Father. Heavenly
1: I Father. repent, I repent for sitting in your seat.
0: For sitting in your seat.
1: I choose to get out of your seat.
0: I choose to get out of your
1: seat. So you can sit there and be the rightful judge. So you can sit there and be the rightful judge. I trust you trust you. I trust your judgment. I
0: trust your judgment.
1: Thank you, Jesus.
0: Thank you, Jesus.
1: Amen. So I just pray a blessing over you um, this morning. God, just as, as they go, as they think about the things that we talked about this morning, I just pray, Father, that you would reveal to them, bring to the surface any area where they have been judgmental. Um, so that they can be free, so that you can heal them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
0: Alright, with that, we're going to close up shop for the day. The prayer team will be coming and available on this side of the stage. If you have any prayer need at all, they would love to pray with you about that, whether it's about the topic of the day, um, a need for healing, emotional, physical, any kind of healing. They would love to pray with you. The uh, prophetic team is available on this side of the stage. These are a team of people who have been trained to just pray with you. Listen to God with you and share encouraging words that the Father may have for you. And it will be recorded so you can take it with you. So take advantage of those two opportunities. And uh, other than that, you can stand up and greet one another. You're dismissed. Have a great week.